Hello, hello. What's up? Welcome to the podcast, Risk It for the Biscuit special episode, Adam Bush all by himself. I've been uh, abandoned by my best pals, Chris Munch and Gary Hornstein. Um, but uh, soon I will have a friend again because this is a special episode on July 19th through the 22nd. That's right. July 19th through the 22nd. I am opening at the Tulsa Looney Bin for a great comic named Steven Rogers. And uh, I've heard of Steven through other comics. And I watched this special before he was super on YouTube, which was hilarious. I was excited to just happen to get put on the same show. And uh, so I reached out and I said, hey, why don't we, why don't we talk about the show and talk about uh, your journey into comedy? Um on the pod. And so that's what we're doing today. So he's coming in from New York or, or, or uh, zooming in from New York. And so we're just going to take some time to talk about how he got into comedy, uh, being a clean comic, uh, what it's like being on the road. And one of my favorite things, uh, doing uh, late night television spots, which if you have listened to the pod for any amount of time, you know, I have a goal to uh, get a late night spot within the next four years. And so it's nice to be able to hear some behind the scenes stuff as well. Uh, before we get into it, a uh, little about Steven. Um, he's uh, uh, opened for some of our favorite comics that we talk about here on the pod. Nate Bergazzi, Taylor Tomlinson, Brian Regan. He tours himself. He's a headliner and he is very, very funny. So you could check him out at Steven Rogers Comedy. I think it's, let me make sure that's right. Uh, I think it's StevenRogersComedy.com. Stephen Rogers, let's see here. Look it up. StephenRogersComedy.com. Look at that. I was totally right. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it. So, hey, let's get in. Oh, you know what? Let's do this right out of the gate. Um, this episode is brought to you by Northern Creative, which is our pal Gary Hornstein's video production company. You can check them out at northern.work. They do the motion and the graphics and editing video all for our pod. And then uh, also we are sponsored by the Looney Bin Comedy Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Check them out, looneybincomedy.com. Great headliners, great comics coming your way. And the big one that we want to promote today is Stephen Rogers uh, coming to Looney Bin. You can get your tickets at looneybincomedy.com. Uh, if you call ahead on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, Wednesday night is service industry night. If you work within the service industry or your first responder, you can uh, call ahead and get a free or discounted ticket. If you come on, uh, if you do the same thing on Thursday and you're a lady, ladies night, call in free or discounted tickets. But Looney Bin... That's my home club. I love it. I'm big, big supporter. We've got other great comics that we'll talk about that are coming up here uh, within the year, through the year, through the years, through the years. So without further ado, uh, let's get into my interview with Steven Rogers. Steven Rogers. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Adam. You are the let's see, is this true? You're the you're the first comic to be on the podcast whom I am doing a week with at uh the Looney Bin, our club here in town. Oh, cool. That's great. So, I'm on real, <laughs> it's such a very specific award. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you, so we're doing, we're doing a week. I'm emceeing, you're headlining, um, mm -hmm. and that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. I had heard about you through mutual comic Dustin Nickerson, mm -hmm. um, and Colin Chamberlain, who I did a week with, yes, and Lenny Ben as well. I love um, Colin, who is a very funny comic. And, um, so whenever I randomly got put with you, I was so excited because I was just like, Oh, this is great. I've, I've, I've heard of this guy. And, uh, so I went and watched your special, which I told you yesterday. I thought was hilarious. It was awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so I thought we'd have you on the pod. We could promote the shows. And then also, um, the, the back part, uh, I want to ask you about doing late night for a specific reason. I'll tell you that later, but first off, why don't you tell our listeners, uh how you got into comedy in the first place uh yeah i uh i got obsessed with it pretty young uh i saw like letterman late night sets and then i saw 
the first comedian I remember seeing was Wendy Liebman's uh, HBO Half Hour. And uh, that was the one that just like kind of made me. Uh, it started started the fascination, and then it, it it just quickly snowballed. You know, similar to most comics, just I uh, I became just obsessed with it and and uh, nerdy about it, and uh, would watch it all the time. Then Jim Carrey movies, Adam Sandler movies, and it just there was no stopping it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then, um, uh, a club, I, I always, I always said I wanted to be one, but you know, you, the, the thing with stand up is there's no, uh, there's no distinct path and the, for everyone's path is, is, uh, is different. And the hard part about that is you don't know exactly where to start. And, uh, a, a club luckily opened in my uh, hometown and uh, I was able to get a guest spot, and I had done like a mic or two prior to that. But it was like those those guys uh, that you see where uh, they say they want to do stand up, but then they just do one mic a month or whatever. Yeah. And that uh, it, it was I didn't know what I was doing. And then I finally, once I did the guest spot at the local club, uh, local headliner uh, Nick Mara. Uh, was there and he took me under his wing and kind of showed me like where to find stand up how to, sort of how to do it and then uh, I've been very grateful that I've had a lot of people like that help me so um, yeah and then it it, it just kind of snowballed from there Wait, how old were you when you did the club uh tw- I I think twenty. I started when I was. I started in twenty thirteen. So I believe twenty. Okay. So are you saying that you were one of those guys who said I wanted to do stand up and you hadn't done many mics, or you were saying you weren't? What, what were you saying there? Uh, I was saying that, uh, like I I knew I wanted to do it, but uh, like. But in the beginning, I would go to a mic with very little. Like I did, I wrote jokes, but I would go up and not really know what I was doing. And then, uh, but that was maybe like once or twice. And I hit the first time I ever performed was at my graduation party. And, uh, it was, uh, um, fine. I only remember one joke. And, uh, but anyways, so then when I did the club, that kind of solidified, like, this is, this is what I want to do. I really have to work on it because I okay. saw real comics. I didn't really perform with real comics until I did the sh- the club show. That's then I saw like what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That, okay. So I get it. So, and that's pretty, uh, well, like you were saying, everyone's path is different, but like to just do some open mics and then do a guest spot like that at a club, like it was like, and my path is, quite a bit different than everybody else's but like it was years of doing open mics before i ever did a show and yours came fairly quickly yeah well you know syracuse new york not not a ton of options of comedians <laughs> to choose from yeah. so i i benefited there mm-hmm. and uh uh some very small scenes so i was i was i would say most of us were able to get shows quickly because yeah. they they needed the locals yeah, that's interesting. I would assume a lot of people, especially people who listen to this podcast, they would think, even Syracuse, they would just be like, well, New York as a whole. Yeah, no, but, yeah. But it's not. It's Manhattan and, and the the boroughs. Yeah. Uh, middle of the state, five hours hours away from, from New York City. Uh, for comics, I could only get up once a week, mic-wise. There was yeah. a... When the scene was bumping, there was two mics, uh, and uh, yeah, if you bombed at the mic, like that, that's what I like in the beginning. I didn't realize how much you really have to work at this. I would do the mic and then wait a week for the next mic, and that is not enough. Mm-hmm. So I quickly learned that, and I would start to drive to Rochester, Albany, Buffalo, Binghamton, and uh, Utica. Uh, to fill in the rest of the week. So I, mm. the goal was to get up as much as possible, which was very hard in, yeah. in upstate New York. Was it anything, when I started in Tulsa, there were two mics. And right. Monday and Wednesday. 
but was it like this for you? They were basically the same mic because it was the same people. Yes, it was the same mic locally, so that that was another reason to leave uh, and, <laughs> and drive to the other spots. But it was the same people uh, at each mic, so it really like. Uh, but it was a safe space in a way. It was a, yeah. a bubble to start, which was good. Yeah. So when did you make the jump to? Uh, well, I was going to actually ask when you made the jump to to move to New York. But yeah, what what were maybe a couple of just like defining moments that kind of pushed you closer to being a comic? Uh, it's funny. My father, uh, my parents are the are super supportive, and my dad will quote. He'll just say a list of three, a couple of things that I did to remind me that it it, it is like a little, sometimes there is a domino effect to it. And I did, uh, I hosted at Buffalo Helium for uh, Rocky yeah. Laporte, okay. who is unbelievable, one of my favorite comics. And it went really well. And then uh, the bookers from... Uh, Lucy Fest in Jamestown, New York, were there uh, scouting, and they uh, really enjoyed me and, and and Rocky. And they were like, "We do this Valentine's Day show at this theater in in uh, Jamestown. We'd love to have you guys on it." And uh, we we go do that. It was Willow Bay Theater. I do that, and then the bookers go, uh, "You did very really well. We'd love to have you at the festival." So I did this festival in Jamestown, New York, which uh, was a big festival, and I knew about it from Syracuse. Like you had to be booked; it wasn't something you could submit to. And then uh, I go, I do it, and uh, I still worked at a grocery store. And I remember like looking up the lineup as it was announced, and it was like Louis Black, uh, Trevor mm. Noah, and Brian Regan were the the main headliners. Yeah. And then I do like my showcase show and Brian Regan was in the audience and he saw me and he uh, really liked my stuff and, and asked me to start opening for him. So I was opening oh, for him for like a year or so. And then I'm then I moved to New York. And that was 21, 22 years old. I think 22, 23. I mean, I was I was early. like four years so 23, 24, I was four years in when I moved in to New York. That's re that's really early to be opening for Brian Regan. Yeah. Right? Very yeah. I, I would I would definitely say so, yes. Yeah, yeah, people don't people who listen to the the pod, they don't I don't think they have regularly a context for this world. Sure. Yeah. And so like um it's not uncommon for it to go seven, eleven years before you have kind of a big like yeah. bigger break like that I, I mean, yes it it was right place right time situation and uh i by any means didn't think it was an audition to open for brian regan when i did that show i knew he was in the audience which was stressful but i was more stressed about knowing whether or not brian regan thought i was funny i like i wanted to make one of my heroes laugh i didn't yeah. think oh if this goes really well i'll be this guy's yeah. opener did you I, did you watch him? I got to see him earlier that night, which uh, you know I'm a, a huge fan. I I'm bigger fan now because I know him, but like I was a huge fan at the time, so I got to go watch him. I had to leave before his encore because my show was starting. No, I so mean I, like when you were oh. performing. Did you watch him watch you? Oh, my girlfriend at the time uh, took photos, and um, every photo she took, I'm looking in the direction that he's sitting. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I could not see him, which was oh, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it went, it went well. And, and then he asked me to open for him. So pretty much you went from, um, s some, <laughs> some open mics mm. to, was he torn in theaters? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I was doing theaters, which st still, uh, get to thankfully, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it sounds like it went from just that to that, but that's because there's nothing interesting in between those, oh, yes. those times. It was just me bombing a lot, learning how to do it. Yeah. Um, and even when he offered, I did not feel 
uh, ready. Mm. Uh, and I would just get up as much as possible, which I already was. And and most of the stuff, because I got like that somewhat early, I would say uh, it was like, oh, I'm a guy that's going to like there's certain situations where you have to rise to the occasion just because mm. like for me, in my experience, just because I got a thing doesn't mean I'm done getting uh, ready for it. Mm-hmm. So when he offered that to me, it wasn't like, oh, I'm Brian Regan's opener. It's like, I got to do really well just so I can Keep like it. be proud that I did it. Yeah. I don't want to be like, I, I, I was very, I'm always worried about blowing it, which is a, you know, a common fear in our, in our industry. But like, so that was when I, when you get a thing I learned is when you like the work gets harder, which mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy. So so did you so have you pretty much like only had kind of little part-time jobs like the grocery store yeah and, and comedy and then comedy yeah well i i you know i got lucky like i said small scene and w- when you were relatively or even remotely good you got work because there wasn't a lot of options so i would host a ton at the local club and uh i would uh I got to feature pretty early uh, because of uh, just small scene and that kind of stuff and people uh, taking me around. And For people uh, don't know, opening is yeah. 10, 15 minutes. It's going to be the entry-level spot of right. being in a club. Featuring, moving to a feature, which would be the middle, 25, 30 minutes, pretty pretty difficult jump. Difficult jump. And, and for the, yeah, for another thing that, people may not know like when you watch a show the experience like the start of the show is the lowest experience going towards the highest Mm -hmm. like the most Mm -hmm. experience which is a a good way of growing it is like a pressure cooker situation like a cold audience and you need to get them warm quick uh so that that certainly helped and I, i would say that that all that stuff taught me on how to open for a theater act which was uh convenient and helpful yeah, how so? Well, like, uh, I learned very quickly, like, as a host, which, you know, uh, is not taught as much as I as I would hope. You have to be you have to remember, it's not about you, like you're the you're setting the table for the rest of the night, you can't even grade your set compared to the comics to follow you because you're sort of doing an entirely different show. You're performing for an audience that's just being like still seating, most likely, mm-hmm. still ordering and uh, eating, and hasn't heard any jokes yet. Mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, uh, they call the feature spot the sweet spot because they have heard jokes. They're now understanding how the show is going to go. Host gives announcements, that kind of stuff. So it and and. Uh, if you're the least experienced, so you may get heckled more. You might have to talk to them more. You might, ha- you know, you, you learn. It's a learning by, uh, uh, you know, going through it situation. But uh, none of that made sense. Uh, but uh, you know what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, uh, trial by yeah. fire. Yeah, trial by fire. I couldn't think of the expression. I was, I was like, I was gonna say learning by fire, which made no sense. Well, that would be good too. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then that helped, uh, me feel like, well, I know how to open a show. I know how to introduce a comic, uh, well, and, uh, they're all here for him. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like jokes. I don't like, uh, for me, I don't like to do crowd work or anything. I just like to tell jokes, which is what a theater act would want if their yep. whole set is going to be jokes. So, uh, I, I was lucky that those years before were, preparing me for this thing that I didn't know was coming is opening for theater act also a sweet spot this is a real question that like, because you get to perform in a theater, but you didn't have to sell it out and they are like, what, what is that? Yes. And, and no, like I've had shows. I, I, you know, I, I recently opened for Nate Bergazzi and, uh, one show they were seating my entire set. Oh, and I'm not complaining because that is my job. That is why I'm there for things like that. 
like when that happens, right. when when there was traffic, all these things, because it's uh, so that that is not a sweet spot. That is work. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to re like re get them together every time someone walks through their aisle or, you know, some and the list goes on. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes everyone showed up on time because they're very excited. They're big fans of stand up comedy. And that's this is mostly the case. Uh, and, and they're ready to go. And, and yeah. uh, I'm not workshopping jokes up there. I'm hitting them with whatever is currently my favorite and best stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a, a it is a great spot. So I would say uh, yes, but I d- I try to not get comfortable and always remember I the reason I'm there is to get them ready for whoever I'm bringing up. I heard Dusty Slay say recently he always expects uh the show to go poorly yeah so that he is pleasantly surprised versus saying this is gonna be awesome and then that just sucks do you how do you resonate with that or i have uh yes i it is i think that way naturally i have anxiety and i I don't believe in myself a lot uh like mental illness goes on um so i always think it's gonna go poorly and then i uh, after the first laugh, I feel fine. Uh, your special um, is you talk a lot about anxiety. Yeah, and uh, so small tangent: if you sure. don't be- if you don't believe in yourself very much, becoming a stand up comic doesn't seem like the right path. Uh, yeah, I love it more than I uh, okay. think. I love it more than anything, and uh. uh that is what got. I mean, I, I'm learning now that I I do have maybe a some a slight dose of performance anxiety. But when my name is called, I have no hesitation. I'm I'm headed right towards that stage because that first show I mentioned where I did a guest spot. I remember the show starting, the room being completely sold out. And the lights going, and and then bringing up the host, and I was like, I could leave right now, and no one would know or care, uh, and it wouldn't affect anything for these people. They would still have a great show, but I'm going up there, mm. and, and uh, I don't know what that is in me. I'm I'm glad I have it, but um, yeah. So they do contradict how I feel about myself and going up on stage every night being the center of attention do contradict, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, I texted you yesterday, just some categories. That yeah. Talk about how you got into comedy was the first one. The second one was this kind of fast forward. You are a professional comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not the most famous comedian, but you do it. Professionally. Ah, this is news to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I just, <laughs> I well, there's a lot of people, a lot of people who listen to the pod who don't, know the difference between like there's just everybody they see on netflix and then like no one else yeah they don't yeah and so and and so that that spot that you're in touring comic opener for theaters headlining mm-hmm. your own show mm-hmm. the, talk to me just about the that world you live in and how you sort of made that jump um it's yeah that's a great question uh thank you yeah, I really like that one. It's so often you get the same ones, as I'm sure you know. But uh, yeah, leaving the grocery store to go to New York, I do things that um, are going to make me uncomfortable. It's sort of what we were just talking about. I'm I'm anxious, but I'm still going to go on stage. And I knew when I was like, I'm getting enough uh, work locally that I must not stink at a certain point i was getting things where i was like i must be all right because i was opening for regan for a full year while still working at the grocery store Whoa. and yeah and Why? uh because i was af- uh afraid a little bit and also saving the money but I, okay uh but i was also like still it's scary even being a new york state resident I mean, it's just terrifying going to New York City, where it is where all the best comedians are. 
LA is great, but I wasn't going to go there. I'm not trying. Like, I knew if you wanted to get great at stand up, you go to New York because it's just so much stage time. Yeah. Uh, so then at one point, I was, I was thankful, luckily enough to meet a comic uh, that was trying to fill a room. And I was like, I'm, I, I feel like I, I got to try it. My parents were very supportive and I took the leap. And then, uh, so that was sort of, and then I didn't take a job after that. I just worked as much as I could. So when I moved to New York, I went full time uh, in stand up. And uh, I had like a buffer of money and I was featuring at clubs and then opening for Regan. And maybe a year into uh, living in New York, I, I got my first late night. So that cert- that helped more work come in. And that's but, 24-ish. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, I was 25 or 26. Okay. Okay. Or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember 20. I don't remember. Um, but around there. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so for the, like you're saying, people not knowing anybody that isn't on their streaming stand up, uh, that like, um, you're talking about the late, the late night. No, uh, you, so the beginning of your question was like, most people only know like yeah. who they saw on Netflix and stuff. Right. Uh, so like it is weird. Like there's so many things I'm thinking here, but like, uh, it was terrifying moving to New York, but you do have animated or however you're supposed to say that word. Like no one knows who I am, so I could yeah. uh fail and be fine. It's not like they're like, Well, he lost it. They don't even know if I'm yeah. good or not. So I I would say moving to New that first year was hell living in New York, just like realizing how good comedians are. Cause I, I didn't get to see that much of it. Yeah. And just seeing people that have been doing it less time than me that are way funnier, all you know, all different forms yeah. of it. People that are just naturally great, uh, people that do the same kind of thing that I do, and I think they do it better. You know, it, it really put me through an insecurity uh, boot camp. And then, uh, but I was still opening for Regan, so I would be doing these horrible mics and then going on the road open for Regan. So I would have these little morsels of am i getting any better and i would perform in front of actual crowds and see that it was going all right um i feel like i've rambled so much i i'm lost the question um no that's that's great do you uh uh, back up a little bit do you because you did when you were so you had been given some opportunities more so than some of the people have been doing it longer did you feel any animosity from them yeah but i I, and, and i yeah for sure, but I don't know if that was if it was real or if it was uh, projection. Okay, because uh, every I I mean, there's a lot of great people in in stand up that everybody like is a fan of stand up for the most part that is doing stand up. So, like, it, it, mm. as long as you're like working hard and and remembering why you do this, which or why you got into it, which was to be funny and to tell jokes as long as you like hold on to that other comics are going to support you because yeah. you're being a great stand-up comic so like as long as i focused on getting better um i felt uh fine but you know did i did have credits that i came into the city with credits and there's always this uh what did this person think they're better than me energy and mm-hmm. then you learn quickly um I'm insecure just like everybody else. So it's like, I think I, it didn't last too long, that feeling. Yeah. And so for anyone who doesn't know, credit's very helpful in, yeah. in, in, in uh, being a commie. It's a big deal, a really big deal. Like late uh, having a late night spot is a credit. A dry yeah. bar is a credit. Really early on, even being able typically the first one you try to get is, he's open for so-and-so. Right. Yeah. You want uh, them to be able to say something when they bring you up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you about Regan is clean. 
Uh, yes. You, everything I've seen of yours is clean. Are you a completely clean comic? Yeah. Oh, what? Why? Uh, well, like uh, growing up, that was most of what I ingested. Even like the, the like I would watch stand up that was clean because it was on TV. It wasn't like someone's DVD where it was all the actual stuff oh, that yeah. they do. It was their late nights or censored stand up. Uh, so I, I, I think that influenced me a little bit. And then even like, if you look at it, like a lot of eighties movies, the sex jokes were somewhat innuendo. So you like, you could miss them as a kid. So all the standup I, and comedy I, I ingested was silly, goofy, non sex. It was all clean. And, uh, and then who I am as a person, I don't really swear unless I'm in like severe anger or pain. And mm-hmm. neither of those um, are something I really bring to stage. So uh, it just kind of worked out that I'm being who I am uh, and, and it fit the queen style. Because I'm more focused on being who I am on stage than I am being clean. But it just so happens to coincide do you think that was a big reason that you got the opportunity with Brian Regan that you're a hundred percent? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yes, I would say, I mean, he's got to worry about his show more than he's got to worry about helping out me. And right. thankfully he saw me do 15 or more minutes of clean standup. And that is what you do up top with him. So it was an easy bet. Which is a lot of minutes. People don't realize that. 15 minutes is a lot of minutes. Yeah. It's a long time when it's not going well. So uh, (laughs) it's really, that's the thing, like, uh, for people that don't know anything about stand-up, like, it's, you know, you have to do your time no matter what. Like, that's the job. Yes. And if you don't, aren't doing well, you know this, the jokes go faster when there's the laughs to slow you down. Yeah. So it's like 20 minutes when you've done all your jokes in the first five, you have to figure out how to be, try to be funny. in in the next 15, my favorite is to watch new comics do an open mic. And then, you know, those are usually five minutes and two minutes in go, Oh, that went a lot faster than I, yep expected it to and that's all my jokes uh yeah i just you know know what that feels like <laughs> yeah the when you hear uh what else did i want to talk about oh man <laughs> yeah uh, what else yeah. is going on yeah. yeah i always just tell those guys you don't have to do the whole for an open mic you don't have to do the whole just get off stage. i stand by that i agree i also i uh inside baseball can't stand when they go, oh, I didn't really prepare anything. Oh, my word. And it's like, that's your job. Your whole job <laughs> is to come here and fill yeah. the time with prepared. I mean, you can riff. You can do all that stuff. But know something. Know what yeah. you're going to do for five minutes. I I am amazed. So stay, staying inside baseball, like open mics are very time consuming. So yeah. when, when you, especially... Especially if you're in a smaller market, um, you you're gonna go to the mic an hour to thirty minutes to, before to sign up. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be twenty comics on the deal. You're mm-hmm. waiting your turn. You're looking at a minimum two hours. Yeah, uh, and regularly it's gonna be longer three, four, four or five minutes. So you're spending three hours to have five minutes. So when comics get up. And say, oh, what do I want to talk about? I'm just, I'm like, I don't even know what, what are you yeah. doing? This is yeah. such a waste of time. Well, that, that is, uh, that you hit it right there. It's like, you can't waste the people's time. Yeah. Uh, waste, wasting your time is fine. Cause that, that's letting me you know you're not, uh, working as hard as you could be. And that's not going to go well for you. But you're also wasting the audience's time who came who could have spent their time for entertainment anywhere. And and uh, if you if you abuse that, you're actually hurting stand up for that entire audience. Oh, they yeah. might second guess going to see stand up again. Yep. So be 
kind to the thing. This is a, a, an art form that is greater than the individual. Be kind to it. And I, I think about that a lot. That's so good. Okay, so, yeah, so anybody listen, if you're ever going to do an open mic, just prepare. Prepare. Um, yeah, I have some idea. You could bring all the jokes you wrote up there. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. In fact, we would then know that you prepared well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I told, yeah. there was a guy who came up to, on the other side of it. There was a guy who came up to me one time. We have a mic at the club here. And uh, I, he was like, you got any advice and i was just like don't run the light yeah like yeah if you're you have five minutes you have five minutes you get a light at four minutes and these guys they get up there and they do six seven or eight and mm-hmm. i'm just like your first time i'm almost asking you not to run the light more than i'm asking you to be funny because yeah it's just rude yeah it's all the main thing is respect it yeah. is a uh solo uh, profession, so it is a lot of selfishness in order to, you know, you're thinking about yourself in order to, uh, like, how do I become funny? How do I kill? Yeah. How do, and you know, but when you're up there, there is res- respect shouldn't be removed from the, inqua- the equation. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is, uh, I'm not saying it, it, that no one else, I'm the only one or you're the only one that is doing this correctly. Uh, like, I'm not saying that I know anything, but I do know if you respect, the time you respect the audience, uh, you will most likely be asked to be back. Yes. Uh, so work hard and re- and be grateful, be respectful. It it, it does uh, lead to more things. I think that's awesome. Um, to wrap up this part of the conversation with yeah the, being on the road, you you hit something that I have just experienced so, uh, experienced recently. And that is the lo- the road is lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you kind of talk about that? Because I that's something I didn't expect. It is uh, the so when I started, uh, I'm so grateful, and I I hope they know this. My parents would come with me on the road because Whoa. they loved it. They thought it was cool. You know, they they wanted to be a part of the experience. Were they retired? Uh, they were not retired at the time but you know it's on the weekend and it was mm-hmm. local mm-hmm. so they would come with me and uh and sometimes they still do they're they're coming with me when i'm with dustin in boston um mm. but uh so that i didn't know that it was lonely for a little bit and then i moved out of my parents home uh and then i would still do the road so now i was lonely at home and lonely on the road and it was oh. rough and it was very rough. And but then I I'm I'm good buddies and and I open for Joe Liss and I and uh, also Rob Little taught me this as well, which is get out of your hotel room. Yeah, get out of the hotel. Get set. You know, remember that you're at at work. So get up, maybe set an alarm and do some writing or whatever your process is. But then get out of there. Get out, go get coffee somewhere else, mm-hmm. even though there's coffee in the room. Go get coffee somewhere else. Go get lunch somewhere else. Go for a walk. Get out, you know, get sunlight immediately. It, and yes, when the in the winter it's brutal. Uh, but I'll walk everywhere. I'll look for anything I can walk to and I'll go. And uh it's I'm gonna binge TV when I get home. I'm not gonna do it on the road. Because then I'm just all of a sudden realizing I've been in... Because there's no, like, uh, furniture other than the bed. So you've just been sitting in bed like a depressed person. And and you have to... You just have to get out. Yeah. Uh, and some days you won't want to... And it is, you know... But some days it's great. Some days I'm thriving on the yeah. road be, because of things like this. Um, also, that is why uh, for, for people... Um, and for everybody, this is important. It's like that's why you should be uh, respectful and good because, like, to good to other people is uh, most of the work I do on the road is because I've made friends. Not in, not like uh, as an agenda. I, like, I just I'm lucky enough to open for people I get along with very well. Mm-hmm. It, uh, in comedy, we call it being a good hang. So. Mm. Uh, it's all about the hang for me. The hang helps your mental health. Yeah. So, like, I open for Brian. I open for Nate Bargatze. 
Like it's because we got along, we hung out, we had a good time, and 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 that is something that we'll do on the road. We'll go hang during the day, yeah, because it is lonely. Right. So uh, that is why when I'm headlining, for the most part, I bring somebody with me because it's my friend. I also support their their comedy career. I want to give them a opportunity, but I also, if I'm like having a hard time getting out of my hotel room or getting any work done, I'll text my buddy Peter and be like, Hey, you want to go for a walk or something? And it, it that is uh, what I've learned so far is combating it or calling people, calling people that I haven't talked to in a little bit. It's uh, there are a few things uh, sadder than uh, being in the hotel room for so long doing nothing and hearing that knock on the door from housekeeping mm-hmm. and yeah. you're like, I'm still, I, I'm still here. No. <laughs> and then they're going to come in yeah. and you're just sitting there and they're like emptying the trash. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I perfected getting that do not disturb sign on before that, that I haven't even stepped in that room yet. And that oh, is yeah. on, on my door. <laughs> Because I want to be a uh, unshowered, disgusting guy until I leave. So yeah. I, um, yeah, I, it's all about getting human interaction. That's another reason you should go to uh, a coffee shop and go yeah. to a restaurant is that releases dopamine just talking to someone even for that amount of time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's so good. Okay. So, um, let's wrap it up with this last one. So, um, that this is an incredible, an incredibly selfish question. I, (laughs) I, I've been a comic for four years. If people Mm -hmm. on the podcast, they, they know that we talk about it a lot. I've been a comic for four years. I've been doing it. Um, I'm a comic and a writer now, and I've been doing that professionally for one year. And, uh, I have a dream, uh, in the next four years to Mm -hmm. have a late night spot. So I wanted to ask you about the experience you had. We it's something we've never talked about on the pod before, and um, yeah, just wanted to kind of paint a picture for that. Uh, sure. I'm realizing I'm not charging my laptop, so oh, yeah, take your, take your time. Perfect. Can we? Pa- can I pause to yeah. find it? All yeah, right. we can edit. Yeah, let's do that because I don't want to lose out on this here. Hey, you're back. We're back. I uh, I apologize. Oh, it's fine. Are you on your phone now? I'm on my phone. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, cool. Okay, so we were you you had a so you had a goal to yeah. before you were thirty a special and two two late show spots late night spots. Yeah. So uh, I got the first one uh, from uh, just performing at a festival and the Booker saw me. And uh, she was like, do you want to go for coffee tomorrow and talk about potentially doing a late night set? And one of the good things about being clean is I uh, don't have to change my stuff for television, uh, which was another thing as a uh, stubborn uh, whatever. I was like, I don't want to touch my jokes. I think they're uh right the way they are at the time so i i i didn't want that was a benefit of being clean so i was able to just be like here's what i was thinking for a late night set and so happened that she liked the same material uh she was thinking the same thing so uh and then about six months later i recorded and um it was uh, everything I wanted it to be. It was life changing for me. Like it didn't, it doesn't blow up your career like it used to. But that's not what I was after as much as just doing this thing that I was obsessed with. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was everything I, I I was hoping for, and uh, which was just having the credit and being able to get your foot in the door. Yeah, getting to do late night. It was not Letterman, but it was the same theater that Letterman did for years. And those Letterman sets were very influential to me. And uh, it it was uh, awesome to do what made me want to do stand-up. 
got, I got the suit, you know, the whole thing. It was fun. It was a great experience. My, my, I got to bring my parents and it was like this, uh, marker on the, the trail that I've been, it's like this little spot I wanted I've always wanted to get to. And it was fun to do it, fun to be a part of it. And, uh, as I expected, the itch got stronger instead of, uh, less so. Yeah. So I immediately wanted to do another one. We, entered a pandemic uh before i could uh solidify another one and then uh i started focusing on the album worked on the album made recorded the album and was already working on a late night set just to do one and then i was like it just so coincided with promoting the album oh yeah i was able to do uh cordon and cordon i just sent in a tape uh, I have no management. I have no uh, agents or whatever. So it was all just DIY, and uh, and it worked out. They really liked the set. And then uh, it was a fun moment where uh, I was running the set and uh, had another joke that was working really well. And I got to talk to the booker and be like, "I really think I should add this joke." And him being like, "Yeah, I I I think that's great. Trust your judgment." It was it's fun um, tinkering and and shifting and 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 growing this late night set, running it uh, for people that don't know. It's like once you get the spot, you're like you, for me in my experience, I find I've been fortunate to know maybe like at the le- least three weeks in advance, um, more than that I would say. But like so, then every set just becomes running that mm-hmm. five minutes. Uh, to the point where it is bombing quite a bit because the audience knows you're rehearsing and you're not in the moment yeah. and it, there's something different. And I heard, I had heard that it's actually somewhat good if you're late nights bombing leading up to it. Uh, there's just, uh, there's just something about it. And then uh, Colbert was not at my first late night. He uh, taped him introducing me later. Uh, so my first experience with the host was Corden. Mm. And uh, I know he has a bad rap, uh, but uh, I disagree. Uh, as far as my experience, like he came in my green room, thanked me for being there. And we, and we talked and joked around and, and had this nice moment to know each other before I'm on his show. Which yeah. Meant a lot. And then uh, I didn't know he had a bad rap. I hadn't heard that. He has like a there was like that rude rumor, like oh. big scandal. This guy might be rude. Uh, <laughs> uh, a guy dare, in Hollywood might be rude. Yeah. How dare he not be great every day like <laughs> we are? Um, and uh, so that that's not, I guess, bad rap's a extending of that. But. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I got to do that one and that one meant a lot, uh, because he was there and I could hear him laughing Yeah, and, and, uh, that one, that was, it just, yeah, I, I mean, I'm very proud of, uh, of, of both of them. That's awesome. And your special, uh, correct me if I'm wrong before he was super, is that right? Yeah. Before he was yeah. super, it's on, that's on YouTube. Uh, yes. it's, uh, like I said, I've watched it. It's very funny and you can watch it. Thank you for free on um on your youtube page uh yeah 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 so okay so all that because i could keep going but we've been talking for almost an hour now so let's we'll kind of wrap it up with so you take those credits and you start don't just open for people but you start headlining on your own at clubs and that is where we have connected you are uh uh headlining at the looney bin comedy club in tulsa oklahoma on yes. in July, the I'll look up the exact date so that people can come. It is July nineteenth um, through the twenty second. Yes, please come. Yes, please come. Yeah, people, people in Tulsa or people who listen to this podcast know Looney Bin. Uh, it was recently purchased, and um, 
by uh, uh, n- new owners. And so they are uh, working uh, diligently. In fact, the owner called me right before I jumped on this pod. Uh, t- they're working diligently to upgrade the club and bring in great, great headliners. And you're one of them. So we're really excited. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm honored. I'm excited to uh, to come. I've never... Uh... Don a Looney bin before, so I'm excited to. Uh, I've heard a lot about them, but I've never gotten to be there, so I'm excited. Have you been to Tulsa before? Uh no, I've been to where wherever Bricktown is, Oklahoma City. Yes, Oklahoma City, but I haven't been to Tulsa before, so I'm excited. That's a hey, it's a great city. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll make sure that we we do some fun things or go eat at some good. I place. would love that. That would be great. Got to yeah. get out of the hotel. Oh yes, so. yes. Great. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. So make sure, so you can go to looneybencomedy.com, uh, and, uh, buy your tickets in advance and they have special deals. If you call in on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, service industry night, uh, Thursday night's ladies night. So you can call and get a free or discounted ticket and then just come and pack it out. We want to, we want to have a great show and you'll get to see the open mic because they do it on Wednesday night, right before you you guys go up so you'll oh you'll, <laughs> if you're if you're not watching this steven had quite the look on his face whenever, <laughs> whenever i was thinking about getting i when you said i'll get to see the mic i was assuming it was after and i was like oh i'll do the mic but it's before me yes before you okay same audience same audience yeah so it's a it, it does uh you get you do a little bit of an abbreviated show cuz it's like they do sure. 7 or 8 uh, my, uh, seven or eight, uh, locals. And then, and then I go up and then, and then our, our middle and Great. then you. All right. So I, I'm, uh, I was, I was trying to double dip on spots, but now, now I'll, uh, well, you can, because you uh, this, now we're just, anybody listening to this doesn't care, but there's another mic after that. I typically, if, if I'm emceeing for someone, we'll go to that mic af- after the show. Beautiful. Let's do that. Yeah, That's so that great. that that'll be fun, I'll, and and I can I can get you a little extra time if you want. So, oh um, sure, that's great. Okay, Stephen, thanks for taking time, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, Adam. All right, that's the episode. Thanks so much. Hey, if you want to follow us, uh, well, if you want to help us out be a supporter of the podcast, the number one thing you can do is um, uh, subscribe wherever you listen to it, and uh, leave a comment and or a uh, share it with your with your pals. That's really, really helpful. Uh, and you can rate it wherever you're listening to it or watching it. Uh, and then um, if you have a question you would like to send us, send it to riskitpod at gmail.com. And uh, we read them on the air and it's really fun. And you can follow me at Hey Adam Bush. And you can follow uh, Stephen Rogers at Stephen Rogers Comedy, and you can follow my co-host, who's not here, Chris Munch at Chris Munch Comedy. And that is it. Love you. Thanks for checking out the pod. Goodbye. Goodbye.